This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, FaceTimed the Buffalo Bills during their meeting earlier this morning and was able to speak to his fellow teammates and coaches. And what he said to the team was, love you boys. It has been a harrowing last five days for the Bills, for DeMar Hamlin first and his family. And that is incredible news. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. The show is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Let's get right to it. The, the best sound of the last, uh, really, 12, 24 hours. Here is Connor Bedard, Canada winning gold in overtime against Czechia. I love this clip from Connor Bedard. I'm not talking about myself right now. We're not talking about me. We just won the biggest tournament in the world. And man, I love this group. I love this country. And this this team or this city right here has been unbelievable. What will you remember most about this team? Uh, right now. I mean, it's an experience of a lifetime for myself and for all you know, my teammates, my brothers. So you have a choice, Trudeau. Now I keep saying Poliver, but it's like Polive. Pierre, I, I cannot pronounce uh, Pierre's last name. My apologies to the conservative uh, leader uh, of Canada or Bedard. Uh, you you got to vote right now, Josh. Are you old enough to vote? Are you? Are you old? Uh, enough? <laughs> I'm serious. Are you old enough to vote in elections? Before we get to that, congratulations to Canada. But yes, yes. I can vote. Okay. Dylan Gunther, Golden Goal, Matt. Yeah, no, no, but Bedard. Or Trudeau or Pierre Poliver, Poliver. Who are you voting for? Let's vote for Connor Bedard. There you go. There you go. Later in the show, we will discuss our political leanings and why the party you're voting for is wrong. Uh, yes. Can't go wrong with 23 <laughs> points in the tournament. Oh, my God. Bedard, incredible. But, yeah, uh, Dylan Gunther scores two goals. He also gets an assist, so he was a part of all three goals scoring in overtime. An incredible give-and-go uh, between him and Joshua Waugh. Shane Wright splitting the, def- like, uh, splitting the defense. He he was incredible as well. Milic was great. Uh, the Czechia goaltender, again, standing on his head. Maybe he was standing on his head because his leg got injured. Canada looked like they had it done. They had it won. But they couldn't get the third goal. They get a little passive. Czechia then put the foot on the gas, and suddenly we had a tie game. That was a scary, scary contest. Congrats to Canada, Halifax, everyone involved. That was a hell of a tournament. What? A phenomenal tournament. Got to give it to Halifax. Got to give it to that East Coast vibe over there. Ruckus the entire time. Uh, You'll love to see a tournament back there again because the support, the red and white throughout the whole tournament, to see them go back-to-back. Yes, in the summer it didn't feel like a true hockey tournament, but now back at the tournament in the winter at the proper time. Can't go wrong with two overtime winners in two tournaments. Oof. And after a bubble juniors that no one got to see, a canceled juniors that no one got to see, a summer juniors that most people chose not to see, this one all of Canada was watching. And thank God that game was going on last night so we could avoid watching the Leafs lose 5-1 to Seattle. Um, Owen, I'm going to put you on, or Josh, I said Owen. Josh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How do I pronounce the name of the Czechia goaltender? I'm only 
asking because I know you've said it a couple times correctly, and his last name scares me. It's Suhanik. I think Suhanik. he deserves the, the credit from last night. Oh, he was incredible. barreled over. Yeah. My question for you, do the Leafs win last night if Thomas Suhanik was in net for the Maple Leafs? That's a tricky question. <laughs> I'm going to go yes. the narrative has already changed in Maple Leafs land. We'll get there. We'll get there. We we'll, 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 do, there. we'll do the real Leafs talk. We'll do the real Leafs talk in a second. As for now, yes or no, the Maple Leafs beat the Kraken last night if Suhanik is in net for the Maple Leafs. No. All right. Moving on. We do it every Friday of the NFL season. It is time for a different version. It is my confidence picks for my opening thought. How much confidence do you have with your NFL picks? I can't do this anymore, man. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. Well, don't worry. We have just the person for you. Matthew Cause. Folks, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. So if you need help with your NFL picks, have a listen, because it's time for... Causes Gameplay Confidence Pool Picks, where he ranks all of his picks from most confident I am the smartest man alive! to least confident. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Time now for the Gameplay Confidence Pool. Just win, baby. All right. Now, what people need to know is that I my record has gotten so much better since the beginning of the year till now, and I am now almost even with the, my other stupid producers, Chris and Nick, and the second half since like week 11, I have been on fire. Let's get to it. Let's get to my first pick. First game, Tampa at Atlanta. The Falcons are favored by four and a half. This game absolutely stinks. The Falcons stink. They beat the Cards, but they beat the Cards by one. Before that, forget that game. The team has lost. Has gone one and six in their last seven. I got no idea who's playing for the Bucks. The Falcons are favored by four and a half. Give me the underdog, Tampa Bay. Moving on. Can I cut in? I'm a big football fan. Want to get back to the game? By the way, these picks were done last night. I know some of the lines might have adjusted and changed, um, so just keep that moving on. Keep that thought moving on. Kansas City at Vegas. Vegas is favored by 9.5. KC still has plenty to play for. Vegas has nothing to play for. But here's the sneaky thing. The Chiefs have ruined us week in and week out. They don't cover. Every game they win against their divisional opponents, they're 5-0, and but they've won all five of those games by six or fewer points. I'm sorry, Jared Stidham and the Raiders put up 34 points and 500 yards of offense against the best defense in the land of the 49ers. I'm taking Vegas. I'm taking the 9.5. Casey doesn't cover. Why will they start now? But conference level only two. Moving on. Did I, did I tell you that uh, I hold the school record for touchdowns in a season? Confidence level three, I am taking the Bengals. They are favored by seven at home against Baltimore. Now, I've heard that line's gone up to nine or ten. I locked it in at seven. I still think I would take it even if it hit ten points. Lamar Jackson, he's not playing. Who the hell is going to be at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? Their defense has been up and down. The Bengals are one of the best teams in the AFC. And now that we good the good news from DeMar Hamlin, I think that puts a lot of the Bengals at ease. 
It makes it easier for them just to focus at the task at hand. Give me Cincinnati moving on. when God created football. Everyone wants to take Jacksonville. They're favored by six points at home against Tennessee. No one except for Titans fans wants Tennessee to win this game. That's why I'm taking the Titans to at least cover the six-point spread. I think everyone is going to be on Jacksonville, and I get it, but Derrick Henry is fully healthy. Derrick Henry is going to be gunning for over 1,500 yards. Mike Vrabel will not go down without a fight. I'm taking the Titans to cover. Moving on. Hello, I'd like three tickets to the Super Bowl, please. Good one. Yeah, 50 yard left. Skybox. Two teams that won't be going to the Super Bowl anytime soon. Holy Lord, this is a bad game. If you watch Houston and Indianapolis, the only reason you're doing that is because you got bets galore on it. I mean, I'm talking a ton of bets. I'm talking like your kid's college fund, your mortgage. This game is horrible. The Colts are 1-9 in the last 10. The Texans have the worst record in the game. So because of that, I'm taking Houston. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Indy. Give me the Texans to at least cover this horrible game. Moving on. Hot route! Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? The Saints, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Carolina. I'm taking New Orleans. The Saints have won three in a row. Carolina, this is a back-to-back road games from them. They've been eliminated from the playoffs. It's going to be a whole letdown for Carolina after blowing that game last week against the Bucks. Give me the Saints. Confidence level of six. Moving on. If I gave you a dollar, you could keep most of the change because all I really want is a the Giants don't know if they have a quarterback. Philly doesn't know if their quarterback's going to be healthy. So because of that, I'm going to take the Giants. They are a 14-point underdog on the road against Philly. Brian Dayball says he's going to play all his starters. Let's see what sort of shape Jalen Hurts is in. Eagles do enough to win. They don't cover. Moving on. I think you can build an offense around a guy who throws like Edward Scissorhands. We're going to play a hell of a lot of defense. It is Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson. Holy Lord. Can you think of a game with playoff implications with two quarterbacks as bad as Flacco taking on Skylar Thompson? The Jets are on the road against Miami. I'm going to take the Dolphins. They're a two-point favorite at home. Miami has lost five in a row, but four of those losses have been by one score. Meanwhile, the Jets are 1-6 in in their last seven, and that one win against the horrible Chicago Bears. Give me the Dolphins. Moving on. I'm tired of watching you dog it on that football field. I knew it. Slowing down already, huh? Speaking of the god-awful Chicago Bears, they're at home. They are a seven-and-a-half-point underdog at home against Minnesota. And I'm going to take Minnesota for a couple reasons. One, Chicago still has a chance to get the number one pick. Two, the Chicago Bears are starting Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Last time he played was 2018. He might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen play in the NFL. That is not hyperbole. 
And finally, here's what's going to happen. Minnesota is going to win by 40, and then they're going to fool us into thinking they can go on a deep playoff run, and they will lose next week. But they're going to fool us all. They're going to win this game by a whole ton, so we're not going to be looking at their scoring differential. Give me the Vikings. Moving on. They're not that tough. The football team at my high school, they were tough. After they sacked the quarterback, they went after his family. How is Denver a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Chargers? i got to check this. I'm already confused. But I am taking the L.A. Chargers. I don't care if they're favorite or the underdog. L.A. can still get the five seed. L.A.'s won four in a row. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are fully, fully healthy. Give me the Chargers against the most disappointing team of the NFL this season, the Denver Broncos. Confidence level of 10. Moving on. What we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. The Rams, they are six and a half point underdog in Seattle. I am taking the Seahawks. Why? It is back to back road games for a Rams team with nothing to play for. And Seattle, they can still make the playoffs. They got something to play for. I expect old man Pete Carroll to stick it to that young up and comer, that young whippersnapper. Oh, look at Sean McVay with his fancy technology. Meanwhile, Pete Carroll has got a bag of quarters. He's using to put in the payphone in the wall. Okay, that's not the greatest analysis, but no one's watching Rams Seattle anyway. Give me the Seahawks. Moving on. So what position do you play, son? Fullback? Yeah. Well, we went both ways in our day. All right, so I think Seattle wins, and then that means the Lions have nothing to play for. They're done. They're out of it. But Green Bay's got plenty to play for. They're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Detroit. Packers have won four in a row. They beat Detroit. Dan Campbell is biting kneecaps, punching someone in the butt, and saying something really, really strange that involves bone marrow. Take the Packers. Confidence level 12. Moving on. If the quarterback, if he throws the ball and the receiver catches it in the end zone, then that that's gonna that's gonna that that's gonna that that's gonna that that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be a touchdown. The Cowboys are a seven-point favorite in Washington. This is going to be such a dead atmosphere for the Commanders. 90% of the fans are either going to be booing or are going to be cheering for the Cowboys. Wow, do we got a lot of bad, bad quarterbacks. Washington's going to start their fifth-round draft pick, rookie Sam Howell. Cowboys are rested. They got something to play for. Give me the Cowboys. Moving on. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. San Fran is a 14-point favorite, and I will take them at home against Arizona. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, David Blau will get the start for the Cards. DeAndre Hopkins has been ruled out. The Cardinals have lost six in a row. The Cards just want to get out of town. San Fran, they're going to get a couple return touchdowns. They're going to win by at least 20 moving on. Did I, did I tell you that uh, I hold the school record for touchdowns in a season? 
Did I tell you no one is rooting for the Cleveland Browns? If this was a game all about karma, you're all taking Pittsburgh. We're all rooting for Mike Tomlin. We're all rooting for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers to win. So Tomlin, again, has a winning record. No one's rooting for Deshaun Watson. Steelers have been 6-2 two down the stretch. Two-and-a-half point favorite at home against Cleveland. Give me the Steelers for another winning season. I'm a big football fan. Want to get back to the game? Finally, the team that everyone on planet Earth is rooting for, the Buffalo Bills, are a touchdown favorite at home against New England. I love Buffalo in this. The news about DeMar Hamlin could not have been better. Hopefully this can at least ease the players' minds a little bit, help them focus. When, I mean, if they're not focused on the game, ain't no one going to criticize them for it. But I think the Bills are going to be inspired. Also, the Bills are just much better. New England, since the bye week, what have they done? They beat a horrible Jets team by seven. They beat a, a Cardinals team that's even worse. And Skylar Johnson and the Dolphins by two. They've gone three and four. They go three and five. The Bills knock out Belichick from the playoffs. And that's my highest level, confidence level of six. That's it. I'm done. That is my week 18 confidence picks. Producer Josh, how'd that go for you? I know it's a little bit tough. It's a lot of buttons, just spinning a lot of wheels, uh, and that's your first time board opping the confidence picks. I loved it. I also love your picks. That's good. Okay, confidence that makes... level of Buffalo. Yes. Nice Steelers game with yeah. a chance to make the playoffs. Mess. Okay, the only you can't one... go wrong against the 49ers either. No, oh no, no, no. I feel Arizona's really good about that. in a, uh, a fire zone right now. The only one I want to check because I feel I might have made a mistake, and we could do this over the break. And then on the other side, we're going to hear from Fred Van Vliet, who was on with JJ Redick. But the Chargers at Denver. Even as I'm reading my notes, I'm like, wait, was I right about that? Denver can't be favored by two and a half. There's no way they can. I, and I, I'm going to check it during the break. I'm going to tell you either way. Uh, I, I'm taking the Chargers. It, they'd have to be more. It would have to be more than seven and a half before I would take the Broncos in this game. But we'll uh, we'll take a look at that on the break. On the other side, we'll hear from Fred Van Vliet some interesting comments on the JJ Reddick podcast. That's coming up next. Welcome back, everybody. Always takes me a little bit of time just to adjust after doing the. Uh, if they're doing the confidence picks. And no, Denver is favored. Like, I, L.A. can still get the five seed. Is, is Justin Herbert not playing? Uh, are they bringing back Phillip Rivers? Like, 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 what is going on? How are the Chargers a two-and-a-half to three-point underdog on the road at Denver? The stat is the two-and-a-half. What I want to know is the story behind that. That, to me, seems, seems nuts. The story seems like a team that's already playoff-bound. There has been no very big rumors of resting players out. Yeah. It seems like wow. most of the lineups will be in. Eckler might will probably be in. Allen will be taking those those catches from Herbert. I don't. I'm not I, going. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not betting on a team with Wilson. I'm just not betting on a team with Russell Wilson. That's not it. At just, all. just just and then yeah. And then just stop Murray right there. To, to lead against the charge. Yeah. Mm, no. There must be a reason for this, Matt. Yeah, there, there has to be a there reason. There has to be a small reason that yeah. we can't see right now because no. it looks like everybody's playing. And by the way, um, there's like a hundred. There's all these different playoff scenarios, and there could be a neutral site AFC championship game. And here is my gift to you, the listener. I'm not going to read you all the scenarios because I start reading them and going over them, and my eyes glaze over. All you need to know is this. 
it looks like the the machinations, the computations of it, is that if there's there was always going to be a team that was going to be on the disadvantage. Apparently, it is the Cincinnati Bengals. How and why? I don't know. Frankly, right now, I don't care. Here is my approach to Week 18. I'm going to watch the games, and then I'm going to wake up on Monday, and we'll see who's in, who's out, who's playing where, who's the one seed, who's the seven seed. That's it. I, I just I don't care about where where the AFC Championship game is going to be played right now. NFC's up for grabs. Yeah, there's will, enough. Will we see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs? Yeah, more than enough. More than enough. I, I, I like. I have them here in front of me. Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie. But nope, don't care. Don't care. It doesn't matter to you, like at all. No, it doesn't right now. When it gets closer to the AFC Championship game, fine. But there's so many stories. You know, uh, is this Tom Brady's last game for Tampa? Could this be, uh, you know, beyond the playoffs? Is this Aaron Rodgers' last game at Lambeau? I mean, there's so many storylines. I'm not. I don't care right now. That would cause a bit of a change and a bit of an outlook if there's a neutral site game. Okay, and we'll deal with it. Then we'll deal with it then. It has to be then. But is he thinking about it now? What's that? Teams are probably already thinking of that line right now. Yes, you have to win and get there, but. Yeah, Imagine man. if it does happen. Home field advantage does mean a lot. It does mean a lot. On a so, betting side. So three weeks from now, can we, we'll deal with it. We will. Three weeks from now. January 6th, we are still more than a week away from the wild card round of the playoffs. Which isn't definitive yet. Yeah, so exactly. We don't even know who's going to be the wild card. No. And now you got to tell me where I'd have to fly to to go see uh, uh, the AFC Championship game? Bye. And that's the noise I want to make. Um, speak, ah. Speaking of noise, Fred Van Vliet made plenty of it. He was on the J.J. Reddick podcast discussing his own and his team's struggles. Here's what the Raptors point guard had to say. From an yeah. outsider's perspective. Yeah, I just think we haven't been able to find much consistency. And, um, you know, that comes from a lot of different places, whether it's injuries or whatever the case may be. But we just haven't been able to be consistently good. And, and we have flashes and maybe it's 32 minutes out of a 48 minute game. But like, like you said, the rest of the league is continuing to get better and it's more spread out. And there's, you know, 10 other good teams in the East and, you know, 10 other good teams in the West. And, um, we just haven't been able to put it together. So we just got to keep growing and, you know, find ways to like reinvent ourselves. I think we're still trying to find a, a new identity and we had one last year which was you know play hard and cause havoc and all of those things but it just hasn't been that for us this year so the question is why has the identity not been there it's the same team it's the same coaching staff most of us expected them to be better Yet, after losing that game in overtime to the Bucks, who were without their second and third best player, and it was a back-to-back for Milwaukee, they've lost 13 of their last 18 games. 3-10 and 10 in the month, uh, in the, over the past month. Only the Charlotte Hornets have a worse record over that same time span. And the question is, how can the Raptors be closer to the fourth quarter version that we saw against Milwaukee than the team we saw in the first half? Now, if you believe the Raptors can turn it around, it's for a couple reasons. They did it last year. It's the same players, same coaches, Masai Ujiri, and you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Half of those ten losses uh, of their um, uh, of their last ten loss of those ten losses have come by four points or less. Toronto is a league worst one in seven in games decided by three points or less. So in your mind, like, wait a minute, regression, positive regression is coming for the Raptors. Also, you can look at their point differential that ranks seventh in the Eastern Conference. 
It's better than many, many teams that are above them. Their point differential says they're a 500 team. Their record is well below 500, unfortunately. And the biggest reason, though, for the losses, and there's many of them, there's injuries, they played a very hard schedule. And it's, more, it's never just about one person, but Van Vliet's three-point shooting has gone down by 5%. That's the biggest drop of any member of the Raptors. And then there's this stat. 53 players with at least 25 attempts in what is called clutch situations. Clutch situations are in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime when the score is plus or minus one team up or down by five points. And none of those 53 players with 25 attempts or more in clutch situations is shooting the ball worse than Van Vliet. He's shooting the ball 26%, 10 of 38 so what that means, when the game's on the line, when defenses are really keyed in on you, Van Vliet is shooting the ball worse than anyone else. Part of that is luck. Part of that is injuries. But if we're going to look at what's wrong with the Raptors, it starts with Van Vliet. And Josh, I don't think I'm being overly critical. I'm just sort of stating the facts. No, no, you're speaking all facts there. Raptors 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games. But let's hone in before we wrap up here on Van Vliet. Yep. All-star last season. Mm-hmm. Shot a 40% from the field. Yeah. His numbers have dropped about 3%. Now he's shooting 37%. His points only dropped off two points. He averaged 20 points last year, 18 and a half this year. His assist numbers are still the same. Rebounding numbers are relatively similar. It really only comes to the team's success. This would be shadowed in an instant if the Raptors were doing well, if the Raptors were at the top of the conference if they are competing, yep. if they weren't losing these close games. Knicks are coming in tonight trying to win their fourth in a row. That's another storyline that we have to watch. Yep. So there's these teams that are pesky and that will try to jump on these Raptors who have been, if struggling, right, and not shooting the ball up to the potential. Splits haven't been there. The Stars haven't been leading to the expectation. Pascal Siakam's been great. a little bit. See, but Siakam's, been, Siakam's having his best year. OG Anobi's having his best year. He's, he's allowed to have those off games. Yeah, Scotty, Bar- Scotty Barnes is taking a step back. Um, he's looked a little bit better as of late. Looked great in the fourth. Looked great in overtime. Um, but this is a weird team. It's, it's not about injuries. There's other things. Close games. Um, tough schedule. But this is a disappointing year for the Raptors, and they would, I think they would agree with that. Um, the opposite of this, we get back into the jubilation, the, 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 the pure Canadiana, the Canadiana sea of what we saw yesterday in Halifax. Sean Simpson, who is covering the World Juniors for TSN Radio, joins the show next. Fire a pass up that left wing side for Kulik, and that got away from Kulik. Now played up ahead. Dylan Gunther comes in with Wah. Joshua Wah for Gunther, and Freddy scores! Dylan Gunther edges it in overtime. It's a moment 20 years in the making here on the East Coast. A golden night in Halifax. Excellent call last night right here on TSN 1050. More importantly, Canada winning gold, World Juniors in Halifax, beating Czechia 3-2. Joining us now, morning host at TSN 1200, and also did just a great job covering the World Juniors. It is Sean Simpson. Sean, thanks so much for joining the show today. 
Oh, no problem, brother. Uh, good talking to you. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, we we always fall into this trap in the media of whatever we're watching. This is the best. This is the greatest. We have the yeah. all-time conversations and debates. So how about yeah. this? How about this? This yeah. tournament gave us everything we wanted and needed when you consider yeah. bubble juniors, no fans, canceled juniors, summer juniors that did not get as much attention as it probably deserved, and... Mm-hmm. And all of that eventually leads to this incredible two weeks in Halifax. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then not forgetting the Hockey Canada portion of yes, it. Yes, and the really Hockey Canada. Re- yes, yeah, absolutely. No, no, it was, a, it, was a, it was a relaunch. Like, it really was. And, again, from a tournament perspective, uh, it was good right from the start and the fact of the crowds, the crowds both in Halifax and Moncton. But there's no doubt that we didn't expect what was going to happen against Slovakia and the fact they won. We had James Boyd on this morning. Basically, I was joking, hey, you lose that game, you get sacked before you leave the tournament. Coach, general manager, all fired. You win it, you end up beating the United States, and you win the gold medal. It really was an incredible showcase. And I think the big thing, Matt, when you watch this is, it's just, to me, amazing. And one of the reasons we see so many kids come to the NHL at a young age, the level of the hockey is so darn good. And I'm so appreciative now of everybody on that ice. Just just what a good hockey player they are and how ready so many of them are to step in the National Hockey League either next year or the following year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm watching that and going, okay, let's see. There's nine guys drafted in the first round. Oh, that guy was in the second. That guy was in the second. Oh, there's Bedard. He's going to go number one overall. Yeah, You're absolutely yeah. right. Also, speaking of the tournament, use the word doubt. The tournament started with Canada losing. And then Canada going overtime, and the United yeah. States being up to nothing, and last night going in overtime. It's 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 one of the things that it, now that Canada won the gold, I can say this. Uh, I was cowardly last night, wishing for a ten nothing game. But the fact that you know that a lot of these games were in doubt kind of added. Uh, and then we what we saw with the United States game yesterday against Sweden is that you know that it wasn't as predictable as some past tournaments have been. No, and you go back to the Slovakia game, or go back to the first game of the tournament. Canada's playing great. The Brand Clark goal is disallowed. All of a sudden, it turns. They end up losing that game. Slovakia, they played great. But at the end of the day, the Slovakian goaltender stood on his head. But when Milic was able to make saves, that was your basic storybook you know, ending where it should have been an upset. But it wasn't. Then you move forward to the United States. And as you said, down 2 nothing, But they're able to rally back. And then you look at last night. When they were up 2 nothing. got to be honest with you, I didn't feel there was much of a threat in the third period. I kind of went back to the St. Louis-Boston series when St. Louis went up in Boston Game 7. It was kind of like, hey, let's just run the clock here. They're not going to be able to score. Felt the same way. And then all of a sudden, they're down. You know, it ends up being 2-2. And the beautiful part for Canada when they face the adversity, I think last night was a bit of a blessing to have the overtime where you had a, an intermission, you redid the ice, they could kind of regroup because I think from the Czechia side, had you not, they probably would have won that hockey game, but they found a way they won. And from Connor Bedard to Milich to the entire group, to the crowd, honestly, it was a dream world junior. And I was fortunate enough to be scouting 20 years ago, watching it. And that was a hell of a junior as well, but it certainly ended with uh, Russia beating Canada in the final. You know, let's go there for a second. You sort of touched on it, Sean, just about why so many younger NHL players, uh, how many play, how there's younger players in the NHL making meaningful yeah, yeah. contributions. How different is the is uh, how different is the overall play now versus when you were scouting twenty years ago? Is there is there some tangible oh. skill or is there something you can point to? And go, wow, this and this and this is way better than what it was twenty years ago. 
Well, absolutely. And I go back, I was fortunate to play in the World Junior 87. You just look at the conditioning side of it, and certainly something that we look at as a negative is a year-round hockey player, the year-round sports person. But for the specialized athlete that goes on to play professionally, that's the way you do it now. We watch the level of soccer, basketball, any sport on the planet's never been better and from a hockey perspective, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but for the best athlete, they're just quite simply more mature. They're more ready physically. And then the other thing that's kind of nice in the National Hockey League is there's been a little bit of a move, or not a little, a lot move from having to be massive, having to be this big, strong guy that's going to take a long time. We are now looking at speed and skill, puck possession. And you watch Connor Bedard, you know, how would you have felt about him 25 years ago at five foot nine? Yeah. So I think a lot of factors here have come into play and then they are just so much more prepared and I think from a global level although we have less hockey countries um, the highest end of Canada the United States Russia Sweden Finland now getting back to Czech Republic and Slovakia there's just so many players coming into this young, uh, such a young age that this has made it incredible. It, it really has. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Just uh, you, You're seeing these other countries that before weren't as competitive, and now there's a lot of them that can beat any team on any on any given night. We're joined by Sean Simpson, morning host of TSN uh, 1200, and again, anchoring the coverage here on TSN Radio for the World Juniors. Um, Connor Bedard. Yesterday he said, uh, "I don't want to. I don't want to talk about me. This yeah, is about the tournament." Yeah. And by the way, yeah. what an incredible quote! Like, let's just start there. This it guy was, is yeah. seventeen years old. If if you if I didn't see his face, I just read that transcript. I would assumed it was someone much older. I mean, just the maturity that he has on the ice and off the ice is remarkable for someone so young. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you think of how humble that Crosby and McDavid, I think Eric Lindros is a bit of a different animal, but you obviously see what his father, his background, his ability to kind of settle him down. And I do think at times he's a little bit prepped, but in a good way. And it had been, and I can only imagine, and it's a short tournament, but when you go through that early press stuff, it was so much of you come to a team like Milich, and Milich just had a great game. They're like, what do you think of Connor Bedard? And, and they're fine with it. They recognize he's the star of it, but it is really nice for the rest of the group to really understand that he could have basically made that his show yesterday he didn't want to he made him want, wanted to be about his team wanted to be about canada and boy oh boy the scenario you know sincerity of that coming through it really was a beautiful quote after just one of those tournaments where you kind of expected another sport maybe they hoist him on their shoulders and carry him off the ice and it's all about connor and that's not what it was at all it was a tremendous celebration post game of canada and hockey canada and just celebrate with the fans that was a I think just an absolutely magical moment. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. Uh, Dylan Gunther, the, the, between him and Joshua Waugh on that overtime winner, Shane <laughs> yeah, Wright. Yeah. I mean, the great thing, I'm, I'm so glad Shane Wright got that moment. Um, Seattle is sending him back down. And, I, you know, I, yeah. can't, I can't tell you everything about, you know, what's going on, the forward position for the Seattle Kraken. But I'm, I'm just so happy for Wright that he got that moment in the sun because he's got a, a long journey ahead of him. But at least for one moment, he got to be a star. Yeah, and not only that, but, you know, what? what is crazy about building these kids up, then we break them down. And it's not necessarily breaking them down personally, but his whole last year and leading up to the draft and end up being the fourth pick overall really turned into a negative. And I'll be honest, from my side, seeing him play a lot of times, I'm trying to figure out what he is. But he has taken this head on. I think going to Seattle was the best thing that could ever happen to him versus going to Montreal. Yep. And he scored a beautiful goal. He played a bunch of minutes. It's a celebration now. 
let's hope he gets straight into the Auto 67. And I don't even mean that locally, but I just mean they're a good program. It'd be fun to watch them. Uh, but I, you could see this, is that this was perfectly handled. And I've mentioned this also many times, and I know we're on Toronto radio, nobody cares, but I just can't understand what the Montreal Canadiens are doing with Lefkowski. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't go and experience that and play yeah. in that quarterfinal game. And you're kind of just sitting there. The whole idea for these kids is underage. You allow them some time in the NHL. Then you make a decision, World Junior, okay. And then you make a decision, do you bring them back or do you send them back to Junior? And for Shane Wright, I just hope he goes to a real good team. I hope he has a great year. And got to be honest with you, I'm really cheering for him because, it, again, he was built up for so long, and it's almost like he did something wrong. And I do wonder what factor COVID had, lots of other factors with him, and I, I just wish him nothing but the best in the future. Well, let's end with this, and we're not going to do the hype train. We're not going to do any of that. Yeah, just have yeah, a calm, yeah. rational conversation about yeah. Connor Bedard. What's yeah. eventually he's going to go back, and he's going to he's going to do well, uh, and then eventually yeah, get drafted yeah. number one overall. What sort of impact could he have in the first year? Do Do you see him as someone that can have you know a, a meaningful impact in the in his first, in his rookie year in the oh. NHL? Oh, I, I think he can. You know, I, I'm a little guarded, and I know this is crazy because I always look at the World Junior competition. Then I look at the tape of he and Kane and, and McDavid and Crosby, and I'm like, my God, he just looks like them. Now, I'm curious, and I would if I drafted him, I'd put him into center ice right away. We see here with Otto and Tim Stutzla. But I worry a little bit about the size with the outside thing. But you get into comparisons, and I said Kucherov. Well, is Kucherov uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a generational player? I don't know, but he's a hell of a player. Is he Sidney Crosby? Again, I'm a little hard-pressed to say that right now, or even McDavid, but is he going to make an impact right away? Absolutely. And one of the things that a young player, and I go back to Joe Sackick as well, it's not the worst thing to break on a bad team, move to the middle, put up a bunch of points, not worry about your plus-minus. So, oh, without a doubt, he's going to hop to a team, make a difference. And uh, outside of Canada, the World Junior isn't as big, but it's getting bigger. And the one thing you're going to have is a tremendous marketing tool. So if it's Chicago Blackhawks, Arizona, a kind of go down the list. You've got a guy that's going to come in, very mature, good-looking fella, and yeah, I think from day one he's going to be a hell of a hockey player. Yeah, no, and see, that is an excellent, rational, logical conversation, <laughs> and now yeah. I'll say after losing two in a row and three of the last four, it's time for the Maple Leafs to tank for Connor Bedard. <laughs> we'll do that next. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, Sean, yeah. really appreciate it. Excellent work, and uh, I wish you all the best, and we will chat soon, and, uh, and uh, I hope you have a night off. You know, just yeah. Go and relax. No, thanks very much, brother. Just quiet Friday and uh, happy new year, and we'll chat soon. Absolutely. Take care. Happy new year. That is Sean Simpson from TSN 1200. Um, producer Josh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I think the answer is 10. How irresponsible would it be for anyone around here to go, huh? Goalies aren't working out right now for the Maple Leafs. Is it time to tank for Bedard? Oh, we're having that conversation already. <laughs> we are not. We will never have that conversation. Not as jumping the gun a little bit. I like. Listen, I'm not even in the Raptors should tank for Wembenyama. Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just again, Matt. No, yeah, no. Still second in the Atlantic. No worries yet. No worries. Two game really? slide. No worries yet for the Raptor. Oh, oh no, we're on the. Oh, we're, yeah, on sorry. The, we're on the Maple. We're on the Maple. Oh no, 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 no. I, I listen. The concern, and it is a legitimate one, is people are going to start getting Jack Campbell flashbacks. 
because last year in you know October and November in part of December, it's like, hey, uh, he was. I remember on FanDuel, he was one of the top three favorites to win the Vesna. I think there was a span of a couple of days he was number one on FanDuel to win the Vesna. Yes, he was. And then the collapse happened. So. Matt Murray gives up five goals on 26 shots. Um, Samsonov, his last four starts have been really bad. So, you know, uh, Morgan Riley needs a little time to return, but it seems when there's an odd man rush, you know, or you know, Jared McCann scoring on the breakaway, they made it 3-1, Morgan Riley's somewhere nearby. I know he needs a little while. But I do understand if Leaf fans are going, oh, God, can't we just have normalcy at the goalie position? I don't think there's such thing as that, but thanks to Jonas Siegel of The Athletic for this stat. Mm. Leafs rank 32nd in team save percentage. Yeah, I know. 8.52 yeah. since December, December 15th. 15th. Both of us cut and paste that into our individual scripts. Yes. Uh, but it's noteworthy. It is noteworthy. 11 goals allowed in the last two games. It speaks numbers. And, the la- and last night's game against the Kraken, it's not a true testament. There was a lot of mistakes that they had to clear up. The yep. Maple Leafs did clarify that. Tavares Marner spoke about it. Yep. Also, shout out to Mitch Marner, all star mm-hmm. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nice job, nice job. And that ends our conversation about the All Star Game. On the other side, we're going all things NFL for pretty much almost the rest of the show. There are so many great stories to get into. We'll do that right here on Gameplay. A shout out to everyone who took part in the first up football survival pool. Whoever won, whatever voodoo you used, a tip of the cap to you. Tip of the cap also to Road X Tires. The winner getting a free set along with install at your local Cal Tire as well as $2,500 in cash. And all throughout um, the Survivor Pool, they were giving away a free set of Road X Tires. So the whole TSN 1050 First Up Football Survivor Pool was sponsored by Road X, an exclusive Cal Tire brand. I never came close. I've never come close in any survivor pool I was ever in. And in fact, and I'll admit this, part of me was happy when eventually I got eliminated because the stress of trying to figure out who to take, and especially if you're in some of those higher-end ones, you know, where it's like you and a buddy and it costs you like 100 bucks each, and then you got to be fighting with each other, and it's like, fine, we'll go with your pick this week. And then if your pick is losing, you know, your friend, they're chirping you about it. And you just, like, I, in some ways, I felt relief, you know, like Andy Dufresne, you know, just after crawling through Shawshank. So that, you know, I was always, yeah, there's sometimes I was just thrilled when I got eliminated. Yes, I would have wanted to have won, but uh, to whoever did, good on you. And yeah, there's just a ridiculous amount of storylines going in to this weekend of, of NFL action. I mean, you've got, I mean, New England at Buffalo. It, it starts right there. And it's great hearing the news about DeMar Hamlin, that he was able to FaceTime with his teammates in a morning meeting today and tell, and tell them, speak to them about how much he loves them. That's, that's incredible news. You know, the humanity side of that is obviously far bigger than anything about football. On the football side, Buffalo's at home. They have a chance to eliminate the Patriots from the playoffs. So you have that. And could they still get the top pick in the AFC? Yeah, but they're going to need Kansas City to lose on the road at Vegas. And they'll be a big, big favorite but every Chiefs game, every Chiefs game in the division, it comes down to like one score. 
and they've screwed me so many times. I think I've lost more money on Kansas City than almost any other team. Maybe our next guest can help us out from sportsinformationtraders.com, which you can get a hold of also at 866-441-2711. It is Kevin Todd. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, we're getting, uh, oh, oh, Kevin, do we got you on the line? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks, thanks for joining, especially an incredible slate of games on Saturday and Sunday, and then college football title on Monday. There's so much going on. Yep, I heard you talking about the Raider game and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. There's only one play, in my opinion, to make it in this game. Listen, the Raiders, they put up 27 points last week against San Francisco. Supposedly, they have the best defense in the league. Now they're going against Kansas City. He's probably got one of the worst secondaries in the league. Yeah. The, the total opened up at 40 and a half, 48 and a half. It's up to 52 and a half, 53. Ooh. There's only one play, and that's the over, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I think I said Kevin Todd. It's Kevin Scott from SportsInformationTraders.com. My apologies. And speaking of, and, oh, God, that, that, God, that, that total has moved. Um, for sports betters this weekend, um, it, you know, this is a great chance, isn't it, right now, to get on board with you guys because lines, lines are going to be moving all over the place, aren't they? Absolutely, Matt. This is the weekend when you're really going to need a lot of information because you need to know who's in the playoffs, who needs to win, what teams are going to sit. Because let me tell you, even though Tampa says, oh, we're going to play our starters. Yes. I have some serious information that they're they're saying that now, but I heard they're going to pull their starters either after the first series or after the first quarter. Because, listen, if you lose Tom Brady, you're done. Agreed? Yes. So don't listen to what these coaches are saying. They're just putting the hype out there. This is why, folks, you need to give me a call. I have two best bets going this weekend, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And what I want to do, Matt, is I want to earn the business of all your listeners, and I'm going to give them the information absolutely free, Matt. All they have to do is call 866-441-2711. That's 866-441-2711. 2711. And another thing, Matt, what these odds makers do, and I, and I think you're pretty smart and you have to agree with me, they set these lines, Matt, on the public perception. And yes. what I mean by that, Matt, the public bets on how teams played the previous week. Do you agree? Yes, all the time. Yeah. That's why there's always a new hotel being built in Vegas every year. Oh, yeah. And like, um, like there's other games, like as you mentioned, as Brian Dayball says he's going to play all the starters. Is that true? Jackson, I feel everyone is going to bet Jacksonville because everyone hates Tennessee. And then that, that makes me nervous. And the Chargers Denver line. Why, why are the Broncos favorite? It is, this is such a difficult weekend. So again, sportsinformationtraders.com, 866-441-2711. Um, you, you, you wanted to mention, talk about Steelers Browns. Me, uh, Pittsburgh. Three-point favorite. All the karma screams, take the Steelers, because we're all rooting for Tomlin versus Deshaun Watson and the Browns. But how say you, sir? Well, I agree with you there. Um, This line is actually down to two and a half right now. Let me tell you what I got on this game here, okay? Yeah. First of all, Pittsburgh is 7-1 straight up and against the spread when they're playing with revenge in this series. They're also 6-0 against the spread when the Browns sport a losing record. And let me tell you the bad about Cleveland. Cleveland is 1-11 and against the spread when coming off a non-division road game. They're also 0-8 against the spread when both teams are coming off a win. Remember last week they went on the road, they beat Washington, Cleveland, and uh, Pittsburgh had that come-from-behind win against Baltimore. But the clincher here, Matt, listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Coach Tomlin, he is 
um, 19 and five straight up and 18 and six against the spread at home in his career in games where both teams are coming off a straight up win, including this 9 and 0 straight up against the spread in games after week 12. I'm leading Pittsburgh here to win this game. Oh, good. Oh, that makes me so happy. It's my second highest confidence pick was taking the Steelers against Cleveland. Again, sportsinformationtraders.com and 866-441-2711. And as Kevin just said, he's got a, he's got a great play for you for Saturday and Sunday that he's giving away for free. Kevin, really appreciate it. Th- thanks for hopping on. Yeah, oh, real well, quick, let me just yeah, say something. go, go, go. What I want to do is I want to earn the listener's business. Yeah. Okay, this is the time where you can treat this like a business also because a lot of clients, I used to teach them, you know, before they got in touch with me, they would bet multiple games on a weekend, Matt. It's crazy to do that. What you need to do, it's less games, more money. Instead of betting five games for $200 a piece, bet one game for 1000 win and quit. That's how you treat it like a business, Matt, and that's what I teach everybody. Two best bets. Give me a call right now. Absolutely free. I'm here. I want to earn your business. 866 866- Four four one two seven one one. Kevin, really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. It is it is a wild weekend. It's the most unpredictable weekend of the year. So guys like you certainly can help out people that want to place a bet and enjoy the weekend that much more. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you, Matt. Absolutely. From sportsinformationtraders.com, it is it was Kevin Scott. We're going to stick with the NFL. On the other side, Josh Ingles is going to join us. Uh, we'll talk about just, you know, the, the home field advantage, chaos, um, what he's looking for in the Saturday, Sunday slate. I, and also, this one I like. If, you, if you're someone that does the prop bets, there are guys close to getting incentives. We'll tell you who to bet on, not because of how good or bad they are as a player, but because they got a half a million dollars if they make two catches or more. I'll explain that in just a moment right here on Gameplay. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 